It's pretty good. You're tuned in to episode 265 of the Comics Pals. We're a group of comic book journalists and friends who record a podcast together because we don't talk enough about comics in our daily lives. All right. T minus four. You know what? T minus four. Okay. That's how many episodes are left for the best episode of the Comics Pals. Hold on. Mm-hmm. But at that point, we'll have been a hundred episodes from the best episode of the comic 200 episodes from the best episode of the comic styles fair enough yeah you know what? the show this peaked is... 200 episodes ago is i think more what you're saying <laughs> yeah. if anything we've got to wait till 69 69 that yeah Ooh. well or 420 mm, and well and that, then 666 yeah a couple the, good episodes left all all of them closer goals actually than 6969 <laughs> well yeah and maybe more achievable maybe 420 is gonna be hard six nine six nine six nine i don't i don't know that we'll all live that long <laughs> <laughs> i don't think 420 will be that hard 666 i think will be i think that might be where we start to shake if we make it past <laughs> that though where where we start to shake kale or where you start to tremble well, you know. I'll definitely be trembling. I, I mean, I'll only be trembling because I'll be fine. I'm obviously, you know, I've said this on the show before. I'm saved by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But you guys will, um, you know, you'll have trouble. See, my, my thought was that you're trembling because in this scenario, you're like somehow still even older. So you're like, you see those like old dogs or like old folks or they just got no meat on their bones and they're just cold all the time. Like, That's more where you're, you're going to be at. Uh, yeah, well, speaking of that, and thanks for making fun of me, I uh, fell down the <laughs> stairs this morning. <laughs> you uh, you know what happens when they start to fall. <laughs> yeah, it's no good. You oh, gotta, no. We got we to gotta get you in a ranch house, buddy. We can't have yep. you going up and down the stairs every day I'm like that. Below. Still yeah, find they, your knees. <laughs> did that uh, subscription of Life Alert get to you yet? Or like, That's where? the thing. It didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Jess is out of town again. So I had to, <laughs> to had to crawl to the banister or whatever. <laughs> Blake's trying to climb out a window to uh, go get help. <laughs> barking out the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody just hates him because he barks anyway, so they weren't listening. Uh, so Can you imagine if an episode of Lassie ended that way? Like the dog goes to get something. They're like, get the fuck out of here. Shut up, Lassie. And then this kid dies in a well. Like, it's always something with you. <laughs> this dog never shuts up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's fucking get into it. This week, I'm hosting. Nice. Mm. So I should start with an apology. Um, I didn't have <laughs> anything uh, good prepared. So this will be the show. Just this? Just this? Yeah, this. Not- yeah. <laughs> Bro, there's, okay. there's no news stories. We're just going to talk about Kale falling down the stairs. Listen, yeah, we're barely going to get through the, the comment section, and we'll see what happens. We're five minutes in. I don't know if we can. Sh- I don't know if Pete and I can stretch uh, this for the next hour. I'm going to, while we're talking, I'm going to 
go through bleeding cool and see what oh, okay. shit uh, uh, Rich has pulled out of his ass for a, a website. <laughs> we'll make a show out of that. How about okay. That? Sure. How about okay. that? Yeah. All right. <clears throat> no, that's just that part. I'm just kidding about what we're going to talk about this week. We're going to talk about the uh, Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. I don't know if you guys have heard about this little film. Yeah, fun little indie film. Uh, It'll be cool. Yeah, we're going to talk about TKO's new TV deal and a surprising partnership between everyone's favorite toilet reading and everyone's favorite reason to go to the toilet. Well done. You know what? Pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> he's proud of himself for that one look at him it was that was, that was I, I wasn't convinced when i wrote that joke but as i was saying it the delivery was clear and smooth and i went you know what kill lord you did a good job on that one <laughs> <This is funny. laughs> and he says he didn't prepare before all that let me tell you where you can hear more of this riveting conversation you can find us on all of your social medias facebook twitter instagram at the comics pals and you can find a link to our Discord there if you want to interact with us outside of the show. We've got a food channel that is brand spanking new. It's popping. And it's popping. It's getting the most activity uh, since we had our big weeb boom. <laughs> yeah, that's we- right. Weeb anime boom. A weeaboom? Yeah. Oh, oh, there you go. Oh, wow. Weeb. There you yeah, go. That's much better. <laughs> the wordplay on this episode. Forget about it. Uh, what was the last thing you cooked marco <clears throat> the last thing i cooked uh i had made i made breakfast i uh had made a uh bacon eggs and eggs with onions scallions uh salt sea salt pepper and then i like made it all pretty onto like a little plate but my personal favorite is anytime i have fresh scallions i make my own scallion cream cheese you just throw scallions into cream oh, cheese and nice. that's it and slap that baby onto a Onto a bagel. It's very good. Anything good? Uh, just, I don't know if it was last week or the week prior, but pretty recently I made one of my favorite uh, dishes. It's a uh, potato leek soup. It's, uh, oh, it's so good. It's, it's uh, pancetta, potato leek, couple other little, you know, fixins in there. You make like a little like spice, um, garnish isn't the word for it. It's it's like, you basically wrap them in bay leaves. I, I, I use like a little uh, tea you know, like a metal tea bag that you use for loose tea and you kind of oh, like yeah. drop them in there. So you get all these, this really nice flavor profile, but you keep the, <clears throat> you know, the, the soup nice and, and, uh, like light. It's like almost like a tomato soup. Cause you immersion blend it at the end. So it's got mm. that like really nice kind of, you know, like not chunky soup, but it's that more hearty flavor. Perfect for this time of year. Mm. Uh, my mom gave me a recipe for a uh, chicken tortilla soup Ooh. and, um, I, I made that this week, but the recipe calls for green chilies and fresh jalapenos. Oh, and your wife. Hmm. Well, again, she's out of town. Oh. Um, this country is so afraid of spice. <laughs> I, I couldn't find them, so I had to use uh, the sliced jalapenos that you get in like a jar. Oh, okay. And I had to use like the juice from it. It did right. the job. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Over there, the the hot peppers are like the yellow and green ones. <laughs> yeah, you got to go to the yeah. American specialty food store. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, that's not a joke. Uh, don't forget to check out our book club episode this month. Uh, we did Neil Gaiman's Eternals, 
And the next one is going to tie into the previously mentioned indie film, Spider's Man No Way Home. <laughs> Spider's Man. <laughs> and this, this is going to be the event that inspired it all. Nice. Uh, all right. Spider-Verse <laughs> from Dan Slott and like a million other people. What is what is the title for this episode, a la, um, a la the long box at this point? Ooh, at this point? Into the Spider's Man verse. It, 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 <laughs> might have, it might have to be everyone's favorite reason to go to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good. Uh, you can email us about anything. What's your favorite reason to go to the toilet? <laughs> uh, you can email us at thecomicspals at gmail.com or leave us a comment on YouTube. Y'all are popping off over there. We are on the road to 500 subscribers. Please tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your local comic book store, tell a distant comic book store <laughs> to help us get to 500 and uh, get even further. And now uh, that let, the holidays are coming up, tell a distant relative. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, sure, you'll never have to see them again. It'll be you know low risk, high reward. Steal their <laughs> steal their phone, subscribe to the show, and uh, leave a review under their name. That's the gift that keeps on giving, frankly. Yep, yep. Uh, so let's get into some of these comments. Uh, we got a couple here that might uh, might get us through. Uh, Pete, you want to take those? Uh, normally I would, but I don't uh, see them. Well... Are they in the show notes? I'm, I don't know. I'm looking right at them. I don't see them there. Okay. Well, maybe they're not. I guess I can take them then. Okay. Because well, I have them here. And you take them away, buddy. <laughs> far, too, far too much work. <laughs> here, I'll just... Uh... Okay, don't worry. We got it. We found them. Okay. Ooh. This first one comes from Langston Brown, who wrote in and said, Love the Dirk Manning interview, but is there any cosmic slash space sci-fi comics you guys love slash highly recommend? Mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, earlier this year, uh, Beta Ray Bill, we we enjoyed Ooh. that quite a bit. Oh, yeah. That's a you know, I've, I've, cosmic Marvel, maybe not the most science fictiony story. Obviously, there's like a good bit of that, you know, magic kind of stuff in it as well. A bit more space fantasy, yeah. Star Wars, I guess. Sure, sure, but still good nonetheless. Great book, uh, Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, a new favorite of mine after that book. Um, mm -hmm. So definitely one to check out. That's like a hot, fresh one this year. Um, I mean, you know, I think like if you were to ask me what my favorite comic is that's got those elements, the first thing that comes to mind is Saga, you know, like yeah. such a I'm sure that you've read that one. So probably not the best recommendation. But um, if you haven't, I mean, no better time than now. It's coming back after two fucking years. So get caught up. I, one of the things that I was thinking of was uh, Strange Adventures. If you're a Tom oh, King guy, sure, Jurads. Um, Even if you're not, Shainer, like if yeah. you've not, if you've not checked his stuff out, not a bad one to start. Mm -hmm. That's a really good one, and um, a little different, but like cosmic sci-fi horror, I guess. Um, one of the Providence. It's an Alan Moore book. Uh, from Avatar Press, and it's like his take on Cthulhu, and then like that mythos. Mm. So a lot of you know cosmic horror elements, and um, some sci-fi mixed in between there with like fantasy. Uh, a little bit different, but the first thing that popped into my head in terms of like more cosmic things. Yeah, I um yeah. The only thing I can think of immediately is uh, Marvel's Annihilation event. Mm. Um, so this happened around the same time as Civil War, 
And I wish Phil would have uh, was here because he he knows a lot more about it than I do. I, I only read it the once, but it was a huge impact on me. Um, it stars sort of only cosmic characters, but it's a, a huge like galaxy spanning event. Uh, where the annihilation wave is coming to just wipe out the whole of the Marvel universe. That's cool. And um, only the cosmic people can stop it. And it's like a ragtag group of like the Super Skrull, uh, Drax, the Silver Surfer, the Rocket Raccoon, uh, and Nova, I think are like the the five main people or whatever in the book. What a random group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're... It, it's huge. It's like a cosmic epic. Uh, the problem with that book is it's so old at this point that uh, it's been uh, wildly out of print and crazy expensive. I think you can get it on Comixology, uh, but um, that's the only one I can think of at the moment, and I'm definitely going to regret that. Um, it is what it is. You just made me think of one um, that we did uh, a long time ago on the... Um, Oh, the, the book, book club, club silver surfer requiem oh okay uh, talk about that one when he's finished Mark. yeah you can talk about <laughs> that book later if you want but that's uh uh j michael straczynski and uh asad ribic great great book great yeah. story about the silver surfer silver surfer Slurfers. and it's a very very cosmic oriented story so that's that's a great one uh, I thought you were going for Space Riders. Space Riders. I mean, you liked that book, so you can called. talk about it. Uh, yeah, I had fun with that book. Uh, Alexis Zirit on art, and honestly, I'm forgetting the uh, writer, but uh, probably tells you how we felt about the book. The um, art's the reason <laughs> to show up for it, for sure. Art's absolutely the reason to show up for that baby. It? Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. definitely go take a listen to that but actually two Jeff Lemire books that I just thought of uh, one Descender mm, 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 mm. and the other one that which actually Kale and I did we do a review of this one? yeah we uh, did yeah of um, uh, Sentient oh yeah sci-fi tremendous book we did so good considering we we're going to be talking about TKO later pretty relevant but yep. yeah real good stuff check it out I forgot that that book is staring at me it's right it's literally right there <laughs> thing staring at me and i'm turning and looking at it trying to find it we got there we got there <laughs> all right all right uh this next one comes from ganesh who wrote in and said al ewing the biggest hulk fanboy yeah makes sense what? well yeah wrote, yeah wrote an all-star he, run yeah he's writing it R wrote was writing it all I right we'll uh we'll find out if uh donny cates is a as big a hulk fanboy as al ewing i feel like he's yeah. got it I feel like he'll figure it out. Uh, this next one comes from Apothecary117 who wrote in and said, and this was on uh, our last re image review, um, or maybe not the last one, but the last one we read Spawn when we did King Spawn. Mm -hmm. um, Apothecary117 wrote in with uh, a response to, I, I think probably one of my points, um, saying, just to clarify, a hell, a hell Spawn's power is finite. If they use all of their power over time, they die, which is why you constantly see Al Simmons utilize his military training when he fights with guns rather than just his powers. Um, all right. So, first of all, Apothecary, I I appreciate you writing in with that explanation. Um, you know, and, and especially not like in a combative way, because obviously, you know, you know, I, we were I was commenting on how I didn't know what the rules were. Um, so I appreciate that. Uh, that said, I don't feel like that 
pushes back on how I feel about it in the context of that issue where I feel like to me as a reader, even if that's like the in-universe explanation, it feels very unclear at any given time what any one spawn's power level is relative to who they're fighting or the other spawns. Um, and that was what was bothering me in that last issue was this idea that like medieval and and she spawn you know who are seemingly you know should be as powerful as spawn at least to some degree right are like getting clowned out and then he shows up and just whoops ass even though he was so weak he couldn't fight vampires in spawn last week you know and it's like i just that doesn't add up for me and i know that they're like they're different books and everything but they're all supposed to be taking place at the same time and have that connection and it's just universe right and universe it just feels to me like i don't know it feels like sometimes when we will criticize like um maybe not something we've done recently but you'll criticize like superhero comics where it's like oh yeah like right now like this character's here 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 and here and they all have totally different you know voices and levels of ability for some reason because that's what this writer wanted to do. Um, and that's, you know, more forgivable in, I think, in that context. Whereas, like, this is supposed to be, like, a tight thing. It's supposed to be a line. And, yeah, I don't know, like, that element of it feels weird to me. It's all written by the same guy, and his, his voice is wildly inconsistent on a good day. Yeah. So, I don't know. You know, I... uh I don't know. I don't take any pleasure in talking about the fact that I just don't like Spawn, but I think that's just where I'm at. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know, man. I think it's just whatever whatever Todd McFarlane thinks will be cool at any given moment. Yeah. And I guess that's fine. You know? I don't know. Anyway, go check out our review this week of Gunslinger yeah. Spawn. <laughs> <laughs> where we have opinions. <laughs> all right all right i want to take a weird pivot okay let's talk about manga oh god that doesn't sound like a weird pivot. do we have to i want to take another weird pivot okay let's talk about pop music mm, okay i like that more one more okay let's talk about video games okay <clears throat> two out of three so- ain't bad so this week, Naruto and Ariana Grande were introduced into Fortnite as playable characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and the memes are tremendous. What a world we live in. So I am going to share the, the proof I have here. As soon as I can figure out how to share my screen. Come on, Grandpa. There's a button you push. <laughs> it says, uh, there it is. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> uh here's the other one <laughs> Yo, that's so good uh, if you're caption. not if you're not on youtube you should you should hop on <laughs> what's that what is it uh yeah so what i'm seeing is ariana grande choking some guy from naruto sasuke sasuke there we sasuke. go see i knew yeah. a guy's name <laughs> uh there's uh what's the name of his clan marco do you know the uchiha uh, uh uchiha clan 
yeah, the, the, the big caption I saw that really stuck out to me was, um, uh, the, his clan, the, his clan will die here by Ariana Grande's hand. It's <laughs> <laughs> stuff. So that, oh, that brought to mind a question. So would you say that that question is somewhat random in nature? God damned if I, I wouldn't, God damned if I wouldn't say it. So that would mean it's time for the random question of the week. And that in 265 episodes, it's the only time you'll ever hear me call for that. <laughs> and that's the only time I'll set that up. That's right. <clears throat> so my question is, if you could bring any two characters, <laughs> real and imaginary, into a video game to duke it out, who would you choose and who would win? So one has to be real. And what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. And character is as broad as you want it to be. Like, uh, you know, you can consider like Donald Trump a character. Okay. I've got. And I say that without judgment, even though it's full of judgment. I've got one immediately just off the, the cuff. So I'm going to go with this one. So my celebrity is uh, Guy Fieri. And I love it already. my character is the Swedish chef from the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> they duke it out. And it's like it's like cooking mama, but it's like a cooking competition. Okay. <laughs> who's That's the better cook? Winner take all. Uh, yeah, who's the better cook? And I, uh, you know, uh I'm gonna give it to I'm gonna give it to Guy. You know, I feel like mm. I feel like Guy here's here's my thing with the Swedish chef. Love the Swedish chef. How often do you see him finish a dish? Yeah, that's I feel like most thing. of the time he's getting in fights. He's you know he's he's getting distracted. Yeah, yeah, so I feel like he's trying to fight some Muppet chicken to cook it, and guys already yeah. you know he's already made the jalapeno popper, and he's already popping his sunglasses <laughs> back on and walking out the door. Yeah, interesting. Driving off in his weird car <laughs> back to Flavor Town. Yeah, taking the taking the belt back to Flavor Town. <laughs> So I'm I'm thinking uh the Chuck E. Cheese mouse. Chuck E. Cheese? Chuck E. Yeah. Cheese. <laughs> Charles <laughs> Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> so Chuck E. Cheese. Um and uh what's the Disney mouse? Mickey. Mick how what is where did you are you uh, you're definitely a robot, right? Like Marco's a hundred percent a scroll. <laughs> The problem. The He's problem some- is, if he was a robot, he could quick. He could do the. You're Google right. He would know. And- He's a scroll. He's a fucking alien. You we have body snatched. You didn't. You called. First of all, first of all, Chuck E. Cheese is a rat. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's a rat, not a mouse. Just want to put that out there. You that's called him the mouse from Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know if that was his name. And then you're like, "What's the mouse from Disney? You're telling me you don't know Mickey Mouse's I name." It's wild. I forgot. Sora came out last the, week. That's all I've been thinking about. The, I the, Then you the, should remember. I've never played the game. I only know Sora from Smash. <laughs> what's the what's the mouse called from Mickey Mouse? <laughs> Minnie? <laughs> so Mickey and Chuck E. Cheese. Did you say Nikki? Mickey okay. and Chuck E. Cheese. And they're playing Jackbox. That's a okay. Okay, all right. All right. 
Which, uh, which one of those is the character and which one's the celebrity? <laughs> so the celebrity is uh, Chuck E. Cheese and the character is uh, Mickey Mouse. Okay. And uh, Mickey Mouse wins. <coughs> that, I think that goes without saying. Yeah. Okay. For legal reasons, I have to say that. Fair. This is a Disney-sponsored podcast, yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, my, I have a couple. <clears throat> uh, so my first one is uh, Freakazoid. Okay. I'm in already. I don't know if you guys, yeah, I don't know if you guys remember Freakazoid. Uh, yeah, you freaking me chimpanzee. Let's go. Tremendous. Uh, and Boris Johnson. <laughs> this one is the, mine. Are political? Sorry. <laughs> uh, in the Hyrule level of Smash. Okay. Because because oh. that's what Britain is. Okay. You guys, I know you guys haven't been over here, so. So uh, yeah, I guess that one went over my head a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but basically, Freakazoid is just gonna give him a great big cartoon wedgie. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, I'd watch that. Uh, my second one is Hong Kong Fooey and Ted Cruz. <laughs> Whoa! What in the Among Us spaceship? <laughs> and uh, Hong Kong Fooey is gonna pop out of his uh, of his filing cabinet and chop Ted Cruz in half. Big fan of that. Okay. All and, right. Uh, yeah, that sounds good. My last one was a bit of a, a throwaway just because I wasn't completely sure how long you guys would take. Uh, it's Daft Punk. Okay. And Spider-Man, specifically Tom Holland. Okay. <laughs> in Fortnite. Okay. Yeah, that'd be great. And Daft Punk wins. All right. So I, <laughs> the Hong Kong Fooey call out made me think of that period where uh, DC did all the Hanna-Barbera DC crossovers mm -hmm. and I mm -hmm. like the idea that Ted Cruz is a DC character. <laughs> <laughs> he exists in the universe with Batman. The Zodiac Killer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rat, rat man. He's actually Hush. <laughs> but probably accurate. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Alright, let's get into the pals pools. Uh, this week, Pete is pulling Radiant Black 10. Yeah, so um, you can go check out our review of Radiant Black uh, 10 on Wednesday when we drop our image reviews. They go day and date. Thanks for giving us those early access uh, access to those image. Um, so we've talked a bit about Radiant Black number 10. Um, <clears throat> we got to talk about it with Kyle Higgins at Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con, um, and got, actually got to see it before it was done while it was still being worked on. Um, so it's one we've been looking forward to. It's like a very, very cool special uh, issue if you can get the physical version and you have access to a black light. Um, the whole thing is done uh, to... I forget there's a word for it, but... Like done. fluorescent colors? Yes, yes, fluorescent colors. The whole thing's done in fluorescent colors, so it'll react under a black light. And Kyle said that there's like secret kind of like... Easter eggs if you go through it with a black light as well. Um, so definitely one that you might want to try to pick up physically if you can get your hands on it. Um, obviously, supply chains notwithstanding. Um, but this is definitely an issue that I think you're going to want to um, get your mitts on if you can. Yeah, and, especially um, physical. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, obviously uh, we reviewed Radiant Black number nine um, when it dropped last month. And, you know, we were pretty high on it. Uh, it feels like the book is in a good spot. It's It's got some momentum. And I feel like uh, this issue doesn't slow things down. So uh, check it out. 
maybe uh maybe that'll make the book uh good <clears throat> uh what what did you guys actually see can you can like it, it was know. like he had the finished art pages on his ipad and it hadn't been lettered yet oh okay i didn't know if you had like physical pages or like what he uh, marcelo costa and the colorist whose name is escaping me I, even though i have it he didn't have the, a physical <laughs> version of the book but he had something that he could shoot a black light on and show like what it was supposed to do as oh, kind of an example it was just like a little piece of like promotional material i think was the thing it's uh marcelo costa did the art and the colors were igor excuse me oh, excuse me igor monty um so yeah look forward to our review of that check it out um i have some opinions Uh, marco chose carbon and silicon number one yeah so this is a magnetic press book um i've mentioned them in the past they're a uk or they're a european publisher and they'll put out you know interesting different books with um different kinds of artists and uh, writers specifically um, coming from Europe. And so it's always interesting to take a look at some of those. Um, this one is about a empathic artificial intelligence and it coming self-aware. I always love those kinds of stories. Uh, we did it's yours. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's how I came to be. Uh, and yeah. yeah, super, super cool. Um, the cover looks really nice. And it's by Matthew Babalette, who is doing both the writing and art. You also chose Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Criminal, number seven. Yo, this book has been fucking hilarious. Um, Marjorie Finnegan, a criminal that you know jumps from time to time and steals shit. That's the setup. And it's by Garth Ennis, Goran Suzuka, and it's colored by Miroslav Merva. Um, really, really just goofy wild funny book they uh garth you know pulls no punches in terms of using gore uh doing some pretty cool stuff with suzuka on an art front to like really communicate comedy and uh, it's been a lot of fun so would definitely recommend you guys pick this up if you can well here's here's what's throwing me off you said they jump from time to time so Mm -hmm. do i (laughs) you know what what's what's so exciting about that you're right. Mm. Okay. <laughs> I had nothing. Not, not going to rebut that. Okay. Nope. Well, fair enough. Uh, Marjorie Finnegan, Temporal Criminal. Check it out. <laughs> uh, as for me, I am going to plug a couple of Kickstarters this week. Uh, my dear friend, Liddy Wilson, has uh, started one for uh, uh, Owl People, which is her webcomic. Uh, which is finally being collected. Um, <clears throat> I've been following this book for a long time. I was, uh, I got, I was one of the people that got to read one, like the original script. Um, and this book deserves so much better than Kickstarter. But here we fucking are. Well, maybe you know what? Though it's under her control, so maybe, maybe that's, maybe it's actually maybe it's for the better. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, there's definitely value there. It's a dark fantasy comic about fairies forced to live secretly on the margins of the human world. Um, yeah, so that's uh, 
Oh, here's here's a better a better synopsis. Uh, in a Scottish city full of conspiring pixies, territorial witches, and forgotten paths to other worlds, an exiled fairy struggles to find her way and remember her own past. It's uh, good stuff. Uh, I was reading it when she first has been starting to put it out. Yeah, it's been oh, around man. for a while. Yeah, it's been around for a while. Yeah, and uh, I fell off just because I think at that point she hadn't updated been updating it as frequently i think she had gotten like some job or something so um i fell off it then but well worth uh, i'm i'm backing this i back this so i can you know actually read it and catch up and, and see where the story went so uh for what it's worth too if you want to check it out um owl-people.com is the website and mm-hmm. um you can check out you know what's what's available so far and see if it's for you Oh yeah, what is the Kickstarter? Let me pull up. There's a link to it on that website as well, and we'll have we'll have a link to it. Is down there in the tremendous? Di- we'll have a link to it down in the description as well. Yeah, but mm-hmm. if you go to the homepage of Owl People, it's uh, bottom of the project. I'm sorry, bottom of the page, um, and it's called Owl People Book One: The Fruit. Yep. Check it out. We are uh, actually uh, what? Yeah, we are just a few hundred dollars away from hitting the goal. Oh shit! Yeah. No, 20 days to was, go. This thing was always going to pop the fuck off. Yeah. yeah. Just 450 bucks away. <laughs> uh, the second Kickstarter that I am going to plug is uh, a friend of the show, Christopher Sabella's. Uh, he's finally getting that beekeeping comic off the ground. I'm so excited for this. He told us about this book like five yeah, years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so this one is called Foul Brood. Um, and it's a crime comic about beekeeping. Here's the uh, here's the synopsis. Beekeeping is a cutthroat industry. When low rent thief DC Cole makes off with Jolene Witherspoon's entire supply of beehives, she'll have to scour farms, apiaries, and secret networks of rural California to track him and her bees down. With nothing to go on and a mean temper mixed with desperation. Jolene's crusade will push a rural crime family and its psychopathic soldiers into action to protect their interest and put a pair of bored agricultural task force cops up against something way scarier than stolen tractor parts. Brad, so yeah. awesome. <laughs> this, is, this is this is really cool stuff. And like the art, I'm trying to find who is it? Who it is? Claire Claire Rowe. Oh, okay. Uh he worked with her on not heartthrob. It's one of the first ones he did about uh, oh. re- reincarnation. I'll find it. I can't remember what it was, but they've worked together before, and they're uh, welcome they have, back. That's the one. Uh, tremendous chemistry together, Chris Sabella and uh, Claire Rowe. So check this one out too. We'll ha- we'll have a link to all of them down in the description. Uh, and but yeah, both of these have about uh, twenty days to go, so you have time. Payday is uh, still coming, so it's okay. (laughs) Speaking of payday, guys, Batman is moving to New York City. What? What? What will Gotham do? (laughs) Without the Cape Crusader. (laughs) One Gotham to another Gotham. Probably be able to pay its fucking bills. Hey, you know what? You're right. 
like let let Bruce Wayne come in here, man. We could probably tax some of his shit. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I'm not talking about Bruce Wayne. What? <gasps> Bruce Wayne is not Batman. Is he Bruce dead Wayne again? is not this Batman. Oh right, I forgot. He's he's off doing something else. He's gallivanting. Something. Yeah, I I, I can't keep track anymore. Uh, but uh, uh, Academy Award winning screenwriter John Ridley is uh, moving Batman Jace Fox to uh, mm. the Big Apple in I Am Batman number six um, with artist Ken Lashley and colorist Rex Lo- Locus. Wow, what a That's name. That's a cool name. Uh, and letterer Troy Piteri. Oh, we reached uh, the part of the show where Kale can't pronounce a name. Oh, uh, it's just one. Hey, it's getting less and less. <laughs> <laughs> Your boy's learning. <clears throat> uh, this will release on February 8th, 2022, and it relocates Jace Fox and his family from Gotham City to New York City in a storyline, obviously, titled Empire State of Mind. Wait, really? <laughs> I shit you not. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So I guess this means Bruce is coming back to Gotham, right? Probably. Yeah. That would that would be my bet. If I had to guess. Yeah. Um, because it's definitely not like this hasn't happened before. Uh, Dick Grayson moved to Bloodhaven. Um, Barbara Gordon went to Burnside. Yeah, pretty... Uh, pretty standard you hit that period as a as a young member of the bat family where you feel like you need to you know break off on your own and brood in a new city even fucking damien's done it and he went to a kung fu town that's fucked up because damien's like nine years old but you know yeah they gotta age that kid up already (laughs) yeah they did it they did it to his best friend and he's already smooching boys yeah, I mean, which is a whole weird thing we talked about where it's like they were the same age and then he went to space and got... Can you imagine that if it was just like tomorrow, like Marco was like 10 years older? <laughs> <laughs> I finally go through puberty. <laughs> he just comes back with a full beard and we're like, oh, buddy, we're so proud. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But I, but I don't like comics anymore. Swamp <laughs> thing, more like tax thing. <laughs> More of a thing. more of a man thing fan now, yeah. yeah. I'm a big man man thing head. Man thing head. Uh, yeah, I. This is it's weird to me when DC characters go to real cities. I was gonna say that. I'm like, I don't know if I've actually read a book where they a character exists in like an actual real location. Um, yeah. The the closest thing I can actually think of is when uh, Swamp Thing is in Louisiana, but even then it's like Louisiana, the swamp and like, it's maybe- very much like Louisiana, yeah, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. not a p- actual place. He's not like in new Orleans, <laughs> right? Right. He's been to new Orleans, but that's the extent to which he, he exists in like Louisiana in the space. Right. So it's interesting. I think, I think it's pretty cool that he's going to New York city. Cause tall towers and all this stuff and like it, it fits the vibe um and you know i think that that at least has synergy and the storytelling probably won't be too different i'm curious to understand what kind of villains new york city has in the dc universe um because that's yeah, gonna be I, interesting i do have a, a question for you specifically hmm. 
do you think New York City needs a Batman in 2020? Well, 2022. I mean, if we want to like compare the way, compare, compare, um, you know, like New York and like Chicago were like the original inspirations for Gotham um, as a whole, you know, and this would have been 70s New York. Mm. I mean, I feel like a lot of it has changed and it's continued to change. Like crime is only getting better. Um, and I mean that only getting better. Yeah. And I mean that, that the crooks are getting so much more effective, you know, (laughs) (laughs) the, like, I feel like crime rates are consistently down and, um, it's just, it it doesn't feel like what, you know, I grew up with my parents telling us that, you know, Oh, be careful on the train. Like the, the train would literally be graffitied up and you'll likely get mugged or whatever, you know, or Times Square had peep shows, you know, like that was the thing. But now it's, you know, if anything, Batman's there to make sure that I can walk through the tourists. Oh, interesting. You know, he's going to be there. <laughs> he's going to be like, get out of here. Poof, move. We're trying to get to work. Go back to Ohio. <laughs> Wouldn't he be a tourist? He is. Yeah, you're right. That's uh... Well, he's moving there, though. True, he's moving there. He's not. He's not just visiting. He's okay. He's, so he's, it'll, it, it'll be about three months before we really see him sort of activate the New York state of mind. Right. Exactly. The Empire mm-hmm. state of mind. That's right. It, so to speak. He's he's probably gonna move into Brooklyn and then Flatbush. He's gonna get accustomed. He's gonna go to his uh, his local food markets. You know, he'll find a favorite bodega like everyone does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That'll what be an exciting time for center. him. What an exciting time for Jace. It's gonna be cool. That'd be interesting. His his bat cave is gonna be like in that same bodega, just underneath. This, Under, so yeah, he'll be it'll be one of the uh, the grates that are outside of the, uh, the bodega that you never walk on. <laughs> so this this is like a weird turn, but I was blading through Netflix last night, and there's this movie. I don't remember what it's called, but it stars Andrew Garfield, and it's Lin Manuel Miranda's like directorial debut, and it's I think about the guy who who wrote Rent. Um, and there's oh, okay. this line that made me think of Kale because he's like arguing with his girlfriend who he lives with about how she's like not paying attention to her and he's so unhappy she's unhappy and he goes everyone in New York is unhappy that's what New York is <laughs> I mean I was, I was really questioning it up to that point but now you see where I'm coming from but that is very specific and very true. Everyone in New York is unhappy. You think he'll uh, he'll take the train or the subway? He's he's, he's rich. He's rich. He yeah, to. he doesn't give a he'll shit. He'll be one of the four people that get to drive around on the streets <laughs> in traffic. Well, yeah, there are a lot of cars. Every you know the 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 uh, 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 the middle class people Uber obviously. He'll the upper middle middle class. He'll likely have a better chance of getting to a crime spot by taking the subway than he will trying to get there via Batmobile at 5 p.m. I'll give you that, but running on rooftops will probably be a lot better than taking the subway. I think you are grossly overestimating the reliability of your subway. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Especially if we're talking from Brooklyn. (laughs) Also, he has that cool-ass motorcycle, you know, so. That's true. And everyone knows motorcyclists do whatever the fuck they want. Exactly. Why else would you have one? 
So, all right. Well, glad we cleared that up. <laughs> Exciting new chapter for Batman. Jace Fox. See you in the I city. Guess. Yeah. See you in the Big Apple. <laughs> Ugh. Some people call it that. Ugh. <laughs> you better not say it. That's, that's where I dropped the book. The Big Apple. Nope, nope, sorry, not for me. Hey, we gotta go to the Big Apple. Excuse me, how do I find the apple? How do I find the Big Apple, Soikus? He better call a hot dog a glizzy. Excuse me? Fuck. A glizzy? <laughs> I don't want. I don't. Wait, what? There's a, listen, I, no. Wait, what? No. Listen, a glizzy. No. <laughs> no. I don't think so. Wait, what? He's good. If no. he's here, he's gonna call it a glizzy. I don't think he will. <laughs> then he's not a fucking New Yorker. But you know what? It might be for the best. <laughs> Speaking of things that are probably for the best, guys, set your mind at ease. Science has proved that Thanos' snap with the Infinity Gauntlet is physically impossible. Nah, it's bullshit. Thanks, scientists. No, they're wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah? Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Well, no, here, let me hear their flawed argument first. <laughs> okay, well, here's the thing. It's not exactly what it says on the tin, but the researchers at the Georgia Institute for Technology figures, figured out that it's the actual physical act of snapping while wearing a gauntlet that's impossible. Mm. There's an amount of friction that's needed to create a snap that can't be achieved while wearing the glove, even for a giant grape. Okay, <laughs> so here's the thing, right? Great. If you're talking about a regular gauntlet, this is the fucking infinity gauntlet. Once you're wearing it, you can alter reality. So you use the reality gem to make it so you can snap your fingers. Take that, science! Uh, well, hold on. They have... They have um Proof. Oh, proof. Data. So, according to Eureka Alert, data. a newsletter for the American Association for the Advancement of Science, using high-speed imaging, automated image processing, and dynamic force sensors, the researchers analyzed a variety of finger snaps, and they explored, <laughs> they explored the role of friction by covering fingers with different materials, including metallic thimbles, to simulate the effects of trying to snap while wearing a metallic gauntlet, but much see, like, it, much like the prune Bruce Willis himself. What, what an incredible use of time and money! <laughs> uh, so, I, I, I saw this in 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 the actual article, but they were like, "Yeah, we don't really know why we snap. It's a thing only we can do." So nobody has really studied it. So we thought, fuck it. Why not? <laughs> this was definitely like some guy was uh, trying to really, really like overnight their uh, senior thesis. Like, fuck, I got to think <laughs> of something, man. Uh, what if can, can Thanos really snap? Fuck, let's, let's, let's try it <laughs> and just go for it all nighter. <laughs> That's what this is. And you know what? I nah, think man. I'm there was I'm side here with Pete. It, uh, the, you know, you can simulate the thimbles, but that's the thing. You're simulating. It's the infinity gauntlet, right? Exactly. There's a difference there. Infinity. The you can't. Here's the thing. It's not infin infinite. I have numbers. But so but, the team discovered 
that snapping is the fastest human angular acceleration measured. Yeah. Okay. It's three times faster than the rotational acceleration of a professional baseball player's arm. The finger snap occurs in only seven milliseconds, more than 20 times faster than the blink of an eye, which takes more than 150 milliseconds. Wow, it is faster. It is faster. That's crazy. <laughs> I can't keep up. See? That's crazy. <laughs> Science with Kale. What a great segment. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is a good segment. <laughs> the old, the giant eggplant himself can't even snap faster than he blinks. Give me three more. <laughs> well, here, I'll give I you a free one. Grimace. Really struggled to come up with that one. <laughs> uh. The cos the cosmic grimace. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Barney the genocidal dinosaur. Okay. One more. Kind of like that one. Fuck. I don't know if I have another one. What else is purple? Make fun of me. You got it. It's right here. Pete's hairpiece. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, instead of the crimson chin, he's the uh, marooned forehead. That's a reach, but I'll 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 give it to you just to end this segment. The mauve, the mauve mandible. <laughs> That's better. That's better. Okay. All right. The mauve Avenger. <laughs> so there you go. It's funny. I uh, last week I was watching uh, the newer episodes of Doctor Who, and a guy snaps, uh, but he's wearing a great big leather glove, and I went, uh, uh-uh. uh. I did that. I did that. I did the Leo meme. <laughs> I love the idea that they he did that and they had to like add a finger snap in post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's time. Finally, I got the infinity gauntlet. Pink. Did did you, did you hear that? <laughs> Hang on, let me try again. Wait for the post. Wait, wait, wait you'll hear it in post. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Let's uh, Thor, come on, come hit me. Oh, sorry, you're gone. Speaking of things that don't sell, uh, Dark Horse is going to be making oh, Star comics again. <laughs> Jesus, what a dig. Um, what the fuck? Didn't this just stop? Didn't, they, didn't this just happen? 2014 was uh, the last Dark, Dark Horse comic. Uh, oh. Of, uh, I guess of official canon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess I thought they were still doing the all ages stuff after that. IDW I think it's the was. ID. Yeah, it's yeah. IDW because they've definitely been doing comics. Oh, right, stars. right. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's where my confusion. Okay. Uh, so, like I said, this isn't the first time they published Star Wars comics from 1991 to 2014. And that was all the expanded canon that Disney has uh, thrown in the trash. Um, <laughs> That's right. But with this, Dark Horse is going to be concentrating on the actual series canon, the stuff that Disney agrees to now, um, with titles that will appeal more to all ages, um, as opposed to Marvel's more concentrated titles like uh, Darth Vader, Dr. Afra, and uh, the proper Star Wars title. Uh, rumor is that uh, IDW is going to be lo- losing that license. That's, that's interesting. That's tough. Yeah. I'm sure that doesn't so, feel good. Hmm. Uh, but the um, it's it's interesting that like I, I guess like like why jump back and forth, right? Like what? Why not just continue to work through IDW if you already have the relationship there? I mean, the fact that they 
did, are revoking both the Marvel and the Star Wars license from IDW at the same time and then mm-hmm. going with another, you know, like if they were bringing them both in house, like they were with the Marvel stuff, I would just be like, cool, that makes sense, right? You make comics. Why would you outsource work um, if you don't need to? This makes me think that maybe maybe the relationship with IDW had soured. Maybe Dark Horse made them a better deal. Um, I don't know. But there has to be some either creative or financial imperative to make that shift, right? Yeah. Isn't isn't IDW a branch of Marvel? No. no. On some level? No, no, no I don't, like I don't believe thing. so. I thought I read I well, I, I thought that was old common knowledge. I don't believe so. Degree. Oh, well. Let's find out. Um the uh Dark Horse's uh founder, Mike Richardson, according to this Gizmodo article, uh, sounded quite excited, and not just because the company's going to make loads of money. Uh, Richardson says, uh, Dark Horse Comics has a rich history publishing Star Wars comics and graphic novels. Star Wars is near and dear to all of our hearts, and I've been a fan since I saw the original film 19 times during its original release. I'm thrilled that Dark Horse will once again bring new stories to life from this incredible galaxy. And I'm not exaggerating when I say we can't wait to bring these new adventures for to fans of every age. I wonder if they're going to do the high Republic stuff. Um, Cause that's been a lot of fun. I've been reading that from, from Marvel. It's been cool. The very last line in, in this article says that uh, dark horse will resume publishing star Wars comics in the spring of next year, focusing initially on stories set in the high Republic era. Well, there you go. There so it go. seems like uh, the High Republic is uh, has a long, a long road to hoe. I'm on board for that. So uh, I did look at it. Doesn't look like there was ever any connection with Marvel. Oh, weird. Maybe yeah. yeah maybe maybe they just did the um, the all. Uh, I know they did a bunch of all ages Marvel. Yeah, they titles, they did those for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marco, you really like the High Republic stuff. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, I haven't read the IDW stuff. It's only been the Marvel things, and it's annoying because they'll come out on like the same day, and you have to like really be careful because you'll click yeah. through and be like, "Oh, nope, this is IDW, and I'm not following that series." Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's been good, good story, good art. Uh, I like it, and uh, I'm, I'm I like the universe that they're in, like the this kind of um, setting because it's not the it's not like the dirty kind of very lived in star wars universe that we're used to it's all shiny and new and um everything is super clean the ships are super clean um smooth shaped it's 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 interesting what is the what's the relationship to the the main canon do you know it's so it's all it's ten thousand years before anything like actually happens so they have you know essentially creative license to do whatever they want because um, yeah. none of it's actually yeah. going to affect. I mean, I, I, presumably nothing's going to affect down the line. Yeah, as I say, the High Republic era—that's the same era that like um, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, right. Is set in, and that's like so far okay. back in the canon. Well, actually, yeah, Dark Horse did a series, uh, Dawn of the Jedi, which was set twenty-five thousand years in the in the past. Okay, and it's like, why? That's so far. I feel like it's because of what Marco said. Is that like if you're that far yeah, back, sure. it doesn't matter, right? You could do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. And like I don't know, there. I 
I've always thought that stuff's a little weird. Like, I, I have some level of interest in the history of the Star Wars universe, but I feel like Star Wars is, is a really weird property for me when it comes to EU stuff, because I feel like yeah. prior to the Disney era, like, there was extended universe stuff that I was interested in here and there, but I kind of liked that it was like, oh, if you want to read this, there's all this stuff, and it has its own kind of expanded canon, but... You don't really need to know any of it. It doesn't really affect anything in the films or any of the more like, you know, quote unquote mainstream Star Wars beats. Whereas like when it comes to this stuff, it's like, I don't really know how much I want to know. You know, yeah. it's like that's yep. what I don't like about the prequels. Like, I think the prequels do Star Wars a really big disservice because it demystifies so much of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what was good about Star Wars was the the mystique and the mystery and the magic of it. And it feels like it kind of does a lot of work to undo that. And then you get into like weird questions where you're like, oh, it's like 20,000 years in the past or whatever, but people are still using lightsabers. And, you know, like it's like the technology hasn't advanced that much in like thousands of years. Like that's kind of weird. Like, I don't know. There's, there's, you get into these weird kind of questions that you don't have when the entire mention of the past is like two lines of dialogue from Obi Wan. You know yeah. what I mean? You're like, oh, cool. There used to be Jedi and there was a war and now there aren't any. Got it. That's all I really needed. So, um, actually, I'm just looking through. It's actually 200 years before the Star Wars films. Okay, so that's not that's not nearly as bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and let me. Uh, I'm gonna share my screen really quick, uh, just cause. Oh, actually, uh, I can't. But uh, essentially, it's like there's a there's a timeline at the beginning of every High Republic book. That's cool. It's it's essentially like Go ahead, the High Marco. Republic. Okay, uh, let me do it really quick. So, like, for reference, it's, you know, the High Republic, Fall of the Jedi, Reign of the Empire, and, like, it, it, it ties into where the movies fit in individually. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, and so, like, just to give you guys context, it's, you know, oh, this is the, the universe we're in, and it's 200 years before The Phantom Menace, essentially. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Well. Looking forward to work, more. everybody. <laughs> we did it, gang. <laughs> uh, yeah, I... I I think I would like to be into the High Republic era. I just, I, I, I'm very uh, at this. I think at this point in my life, I'm very skeptical of anything that's got a franchise attached to it. And you know, this is a very me thing that only started uh, when I got big into to Marvel comics and and you know, Avengers happened and. Uh, now everything Marvel sucks to me, and <laughs> that's just my life now. Well, did you did you ever read the Star Wars stuff like before? Um, I read uh, one or two books. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they were the later stuff, I think. Because like I, yeah, like Vader and and all that. No, this would have been um, post Vader. Um, it was about their kids, uh, Ben Ben Solo, okay. and. Um, one of them betrays the whole family and turns dark and kills the youngest sibling or mm-hmm. cuz uh, that star wars stuff like the the when 2015 they got everything back that stuff's really good all the star wars stuff from there all the darth vader stuff from there any of the side books are pretty good as well um i was all about it and then this stuff i think 
and the same vein continues the quality. The modern, uh, and the modern Marvel stuff you're saying. Yeah, the modern Marvel yeah. stuff and uh, yeah. this High Republic stuff in particular. Uh, Kale, it's actually in Comicsology Unlimited. I I think I think you might like it. I'd, I'd recommend yeah, well, giving it a shot. Maybe I will. Probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys know this. Saga is back. Yeah, yeah. Heard about it. I'm very excited. Well, it's still on hiatus. Uh, the plan is to return. The book will return in January with issue uh, 55. Uh, but Saga has been on people's mind uh, for kind of a weird reason. Um, according to comicbook.com, a recent Taco Bell commercial featured uh, two people at a train station in cosplay. Cosplay none other than Marco, one hey. of Saga's protagonists. No, it was me. Have you guys have you guys seen this commercial? I'm gonna share share the screen right now. Okay. Because it's it's short enough we can watch the whole thing. <laughs> like it's it's 14 seconds. Grandpa can't get so, all the spam off his computer. There we go. Have you seen these comic book websites? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I saw this. Uh so something that um You saw did you see it on TV? Yeah. So get out, really? Because here's the thing. I never ever like in the last, I don't know, 10 years, right? Like I never see commercials, right? I don't watch television um, on TV anymore. Uh, but this past year I got into basketball and live sports have commercials. So I've been exposed to commercials again. And I saw this and was like alone when I saw it. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, was that real? Did I see that? And I haven't <laughs> thought dream? about it again. Like, I meant to find it and message it to you guys, but I just didn't. I forgot. And I haven't thought about it again until you brought this up. And I was like, oh, my God, it's real. It wasn't a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, so the commercial is literally two cosplayers at a train station uh, seeing each other. And one steps forward. Uh, they're both carrying shields. One steps forward and the shield their shield hits a trash can and uh, the idea is that the shield hitting the trash can reminds them of the taco bell bell yeah. and they have to go get a uh, a double steak grilled cheese burrito right away Oof. asap how fucking weird is this <laughs> it's pretty random comics are mainstream now guys oh no and they credit they credit uh the um the creative team you can see in the fine print. It straight uh, up says Saga, huh? Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Oh my Staples god, are, uh, wow. Are there at the bottom? That's cool. So Saga and its characters, yeah. Yeah. So, and this is where uh, this is where we're at. Why? Uh, like, why, though? It's so weird. Like, I, cool, listen, whatever. what you wanted. The geeks inherited the world. I guess so. Um, I can't eat Taco Bell anymore because they didn't put any meat in my burrito and it made me sick. And <laughs> so, <laughs> the, so I was trying to figure out if this was like a brand play or something because uh, it just feels random um, that they would include specifically Marco as a character into their advertising. Like, what what crossover is there? 
And I was really curious about that. Um, I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like honestly, there's somebody in the Taco Bell marketing room who just really fucking likes Saga and was like, <laughs> "Oh, here's an idea." And I like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's like it. weird it's as one fuck. of those two characters. It's like one of those two cosplayers. It's like, oh, what if I was in cosplay and you guys made me a cosplay, like a, like an actual outfit, and I was in the commercial. Like I need this. I need it to be ready for uh, you know thought bubble. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, surely, surely this would have been filmed around the time of Comic Con. Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. Or, or you know, maybe yeah, maybe that they had the um, the the conception of the idea around that. Nerds love tacos. I mean, that's the thing, Taco Bell historically very good at marketing to nerds fair enough godzilla you guys remember the old and like uh, chihuahua godzilla ads they've done like a bunch of like oh it's just video game thing like come get the yeah. thing at taco bell and it's like yeah i was going there anyway because i'm a fucking nerd they know their audience <laughs> let me get my mountain dew baby get some gamer oh, fuel I, I really hope that saga it actually gets this kind of advertisement because for it to come back it's for me saga coming back is super important because it's a cultural a potential cultural moment for people to be like join in on what month-to-month comics are in and not be it a dc character like a superhero character it just becomes like its own actual comic series that you could just hop onto and join in that exp- in the actual like month to month wait and mm. what comics picking up weekly comics is like that experience. Um, it's gonna be cool. Hope they actually do some shit like this because that book needs that. That's the book that's gonna sell a million copies because of this Taco Bell ad specifically. There we go. So TKO has finally got themselves a uh, a TV deal. Uh, they have signed a development deal with New Regency okay. to develop their graphic novels into film and television projects. Uh, under the terms of the new deal, New Regency will have the right to exclusively develop television products from TKO's expansive library of IP. Uh, TKO's Salvatore Simone and Sei Chun will develop, produce, and package all the shows with New Regency. See, uh, Sitchin is a, like, actual... He, he's worked in television before. He yeah, wrote, yeah. Um, He's written two of, like, the starting uh, books from TK, like that for initial wave. Yeah, and and Salva, uh, Salvatore uh, Simone did uh, a, a fairly recent one, mm. um, 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 Lonesome Days and Savage Nights. Okay. Okay. These. This is a pretty. It's a pretty successful production company. I've not heard of them, but um, they've got quite a number of big. Like they did, like the Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. They did uh, Pretty Woman, the original Daredevil. Okay. I wonder. Yeah, I wondered. Um, yeah. Well, so I mean, they're not all. No, I, they're not all good movies, but they're all yeah. big movie. You know, it's like they're like a large company. If if I'm remembering their thing correctly i think uh their like title card or whatever is like a drop of water with like a a, a 
funny silhouetted R. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yo, if this, if they do something for some of those like initial run books, like Sentient and uh, Sarah, yeah, Garth Ennis and Steve Epting, yo, that's some good shit. What do they mean? The, um, this Bleeding Cool article specifically mentions Sarah, uh, Sentient, The Banks, and mm. uh, Lonesome Days and Savage Nights. Um, that could be because those are the biggest books they have. Uh, but I would not be upset. So about, like the fearsome Doctor Fang. So Ooh. let's uh, let's look at this too, right? The last uh, couple movies that they've worked on are actually all really pretty big. Um, the last two that they have credited are Little Women in the Lighthouse. Oh, oh so fuck, like yeah, actually damn. big, good movies. Um, I thought the Lighthouse was an A twenty four, but oh, what uh, yeah, it looks like they they partnered with A twenty four on that. I'm not sure how that works. That they were the distributor. Mm, so i don't know it was yeah yeah and like with little women columbia did that but i guess they produced it yeah okay so oh sal simeone did uh eve of extinction we we read that one cal oh yeah yeah you're right yeah i mean this is a huge opportunity for them yeah i mean yeah absolutely this, this is a really big way to get some attention on some of these ip that's uh that's the dream and i mean Uh, and also just you know we always talk about this right is like i think that the idea of the pipeline from like movie to successful comic is not necessarily one for one but there is kind of the opportunity for um for it to funnel money back into tko and allow them to produce more comics Mm -hmm. yeah so you have that going for you i especially like the scenario where the movie uh, is a pipeline to a successful comic. Yeah. And they have a great selection, like because the the quality of comics, either artists or the writer, like is there from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mm-hmm. the, the then expectation to translate it, I think is made that much easier because you already have such a strong baseline to work off of. Um, so yeah, like for this to be realized is going to be really cool. Uh, it's it's nice to see a lot of the like smaller publishers that we've seen kind of pop up over the last couple of years getting this kind of attention too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think, again, I don't know. Like I, I I think there is a cynical way to look at the idea, and like I've seen a lot of creators expo- espouse this, right? Where it's like there's this kind of. <sighs> cynical way to look at it where it's like you know comics are good enough on their own right like uh them being adapted to other mediums doesn't legitimize them and they don't need to be legitimized in that way and like i i agree with that right but i think that the reality is that like television and film are more mass market entertainment than comics are and if a tko if you know any publisher of any size right really um, is able to leverage their original IP in a way where it can bring attention and and resources back into the company. I think that's probably a good thing um, because it's going to mean more stability for TKO as a publisher and more ability for them to take risks on books that might not sell. Yeah, I think I think the big issue um, really came in that wave of like the two thousands with like uh, Mark Millar on like the Ultimates. Mm. Uh, where you know you can that era of of comics is very much you know 
written to be cinematic and very specifically to be translated to films you know so i think i i agree with you i and i say i say that you know that like you know i think people still hang on to that idea uh from from that era you know yeah for sure yeah and like i think that there's a lot of that conversation when something is getting adapted or like oh how amazing would it be for saga to be a show it's like it doesn't need to be a show it's a great comic right like however um for an ip that doesn't have as much brand recognition or for a publisher that needs you know breakout hits to to define them as a as a destination for a tier comics this is something that could really benefit them in a big way if it, if it comes together and it works out, you know? Um, yeah. Even if it doesn't, ideally it means more money in their pocket and more resources to, you know, get more books made, which is always a good thing. Yeah. One of the things that I think if, if you can start to build the pipeline similar to what manga has with anime and mm. with movies, like if, if somebody can actually get that going, that I think will also... Uh, in turn have that appeal on a on that mass market scale and will i think immediately pay back towards the actual book because like what is it um way of the house husband right mm-hmm. that started coming out maybe 2018 and yeah. by 2021 it already had a f- like an anime out and it was essentially a brand new book that like went back to the book um we've already had the discussion on on demon slayer like there's just so much opportunity for american comics to be able to install that pipeline into that mass market that for tko it presents itself a great opportunity as well as for new regency because if they can build that from the ground up they're ahead of even marvel right like in in the sense that sure marvel is putting out the mcu and that's all tied into whatever but in terms of it putting out other books and other kind of properties and funneling that into production from the storylines. I don't think there's a direct one-to-one there. No, I mean like those, those companies are just, they're built so differently, right? Mm -hmm. Like the money that a TKO could take in from, you know, a cut of a movie deal. um, You know exactly where that's going to go. Even an indie movie deal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, any amount of, of that revenue coming in is, is extra right mm-hmm. over what you would have made just publishing books normally um so there's something to be said for that you know that's not i don't know maybe we're looking at it with rose colored glasses but it's it's certainly um it's certainly a factor at play you know and it's yeah. i think why um i do think this stuff is good news even if it's not you know comics news right like could be good for a publisher that we've seen has chops and is capable of putting out really high quality comics and is willing to take a chance yeah mm-hmm. yeah yep. exactly and that's the thing right is the more revenue you have the more chances you can afford to take um on stuff you know that will ideally you know um or maybe not ideally that might not have found an audience somewhere else mm-hmm. and if uh if you haven't picked up one of these books uh i think one of the big appeals is like the size so i have for comparison yeah. like a regular trade of descender um, but then you can see that, you know, Sentient itself is a pretty big book. Yeah. Paper stock is great. The quality. Oversized, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it feels nice to read. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. 
no matter how bad your eyesight is, you can see the balloons. <laughs> Tremendous. Um, quickly, I just want to read the uh, the TKO statement uh, from Salvatore uh, Simone and uh, President Seichun. Uh, they both say uh, TKO is proud to partner with New Regency. Their track record of creating groundbreaking film and television aligns with our history of publishing critically acclaimed, thought-provoking genre stories. We feel our company's combined strengths make an ideal partnership and forge a new model for t- TV adaptation that will benefit all parties, including our incredible creators. Um, and uh, New Regency. Wouldn't that be nice? right that actually benefits the creators that's something i didn't even think about right is like how does tko deal with that with you know it being a more creator-centric publisher right like does that do the creators get you know some kind of kickback there that they might not get elsewhere you know um Mm -hmm. because it's interesting right because it's not quite an image situation um where you know like when, if somebody gets a, a deal made from an image book, like image has no stake in that, right? Like it doesn't work that way. So this is a little bit, it's a little bit unique. It's kind of like a, a, an interesting middle ground. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. And uh, new Regency statement from uh, Yariv Milchan uh, is pretty much the same thing, but the other way around. Cool. So <laughs> hope something good comes from this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, could be really good. I hope it's not the banks because that wasn't great. But <laughs> to be to be fair, like Roxanne Gay, uh, I believe is a, a television writer, so yes. I can definitely see how that would translate badly to comics. Uh, or, or I, I you feel know, like not great com- to comics, but um, uh, you know, would make it. Obviously, a a television writer would be able to make a, a television show. I feel like we, I'd have to go back, but I think we talked about that. Um, yeah, oh, we did. Yeah. yeah? Okay. It was a big sticking point because, uh, like, it just wasn't very good. <laughs> but but I think the comment on it, like, being translatable to yeah. the screen was, it, it's there. The, the quality and the potential is absolutely there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, the, the, the premise and the execution are there. Mm-hmm. It's just the you know the the finer details uh, weren't yeah so uh, yeah good luck to uh, TKO um, Godspeed y'all fellas can't wait to see it yeah yeah here's hoping we get uh we get a good uh, a good partnership there Doctor Fang film oh man that'd be so fucking good dude oh um Pete you'd like that book Doctor Fang. Yeah, the fearsome Doctor Fang. I'm gonna let me pull that up. Look at that! All right, is that like a? It's what is it? It's like a Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Indiana Jones. Think Indiana Jones. Okay. All right, I'm into that. Was it uh, Dan McDade? Yeah, art. art. Yeah, Yeah. good stuff. And and uh, Zaychin on this as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, and our last and final piece of news is the drop of the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. On my Number birthday, two. no less. On Marco's birthday. Happy Sorry. fucking birthday. Thank Can't you. believe that they didn't put your cameo in the trailer. 
I took offense to that, but I remembered Ram B's early birthday gift to me. 16 issues of Swamp Thing, so I felt better. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's a fine compromise. He's doing his All best. Right, Spider-Man, right. No Way Home, the official trailer. Yeah. It's at yeah. Peter Parker in the rain. So this one, uh, I mean, I think aside from showing us other Spider-Men, um, has, we've pretty much... It's this this one played all its cards, you know. Yep. Like, it's all like we're not trying to hide the fact that this what this is that this is what this movie is anymore. We we see like the entire Sinister Six basically. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, it's it it very much gives me um, you know, it it feels the way that Avengers felt to me of like, wow, I really it's kind of weird that this is actually a thing. Man, I. Oh, I wish I could feel that way. <laughs> I am dead inside. Why? I just this it does absolutely nothing for me. Mm. I mean, Kale's, absolutely nothing. Kale's this, also not even seen any of them. You know, this part, that part specifically, where Spider-Man is running from Doc Ock. Yeah. Uh, looks so bad to me. This part, it just looks just so so bad. I just, I can't get into it. It's, um, I think like, like, like this joke, like right after didn't land for me. Like, what's your name? Otto Octavius. Yeah. He's like, like, ah, whatever. Like, bro, your name's Peter Parker. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like who the fuck do you think you are? Yeah. First of all, but. And your um, best friend is Stephen Strange. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So like. I think some of the the goofs are gonna land differently, um, but I thought it was interesting that I don't. I well, think they're gonna land exactly like that. <laughs> the I think it's interesting that uh, Doc Ock is gonna be this big of kind of like a player in that sense, where he's gonna be, I'm assuming, kind of a neutral but kind of good guy. Um, mm. which I don't know how that's gonna play. I'm I'm interested, and I'm I'm interested to see how uh, Doctor Strange is gonna like what his big role is gonna be in this. Outside of you know changing the fabric of reality, is he gonna continue to be doing something, or is it just gonna be Peter Parker? Because I think one of the complaints that we have is it never feels like Peter is at is at it alone. He it, he's never given that opportunity. It kind of seems like him and Doctor Strange are at odds to me, mm. uh, especially toward uh, I don't know, I guess the the effect of this cause and effect issue that's at hand here right so in the trailer uh it's half explained that uh peter went to dr strange to have um his identity erased from um the world we saw that in the last trailer or the last teaser or whatever too oh is that right yeah okay Mm -hmm. uh oh the last the last no way home teaser. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so at this point, I guess the idea is that Peter wants to fix it because all this other stuff is happening. And Dr. Strange is like, nah, what's, what's auto playing here? Yeah. Go back. Start it over. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you doing? No way home. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Auto, I just auto played to the next trailer, <laughs> but it didn't switch the videos. No, oh, weird. Sit through this ad. Sorry, how to tie <clears throat> a bow tie. Okay, look, 
I know how to tie a bow tie, so I'm not worried. Here, skip it. <laughs> the, okay. That that was cool. That one, the, the scene where like it looks like um, Doc Ock's arms are gonna be merging with uh, Stark Tech. That was you cool. Mean, you be oh oh I didn't yeah. catch that. Yeah, that's what it looked like to me. Because it got like all red and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I didn't even put that together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a feeling that they're going to capture him and then he's going to escape. And and, uh, kind of... It it looks like he's going to be kind of like the central big bad in some way, at least. And I'm I'm into that. Um, I love Alfred Molina as as Doc Ock. Period. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, And I mean, come on, right? Like... You know, I know, I know, I know. You don't feel anything anymore, Kale. But right, but hearing Willem Dafoe's voice, come on. I know. I mean, I'll just fucking watch Tobey Maguire again. Go like, for it. In the black I, suit, I will. He's so much better. He's in the black suit, right? Doing the hits. That's kind of what I'm thinking. the The black suit Spider Man is is maybe Toby. Um, no, that was a. I mean, unless it's you know Marvel's uh, fucking trailer editing dodgy editing yeah yeah they um this you're saying yeah it's oh. the, the black suit see i think that's just a um unless it's their you know editing bullshit that's just uh the stark tech in spider-man's suit because we we've seen his his black suit before yeah i don't know i i feel like there's almost definitely some of that trailer editing going on here in oh, some yeah. way or no, another right no like question. that's always the case with these things um yeah i don't know it's funny because like i think it's easy to uh to like pick apart certain things like i've you know i i definitely don't think that um that i disagree with like like the comment about like the joke or whatever like that didn't land for me either um but i feel like you know like like that car scene and all that stuff i feel like these trailers are never really quite representative of what we're actually going to see and like seeing just a bunch of stuff out of context it really Mm. never does much for me you know like i don't i don't like trailers in general um i think for me it's it's really like the the novelty of this idea hasn't worn off for me just quite yet of just like wow yeah like they're really doing this they're really gonna pull in all these random (laughs) get all these actors back, like do this weird, insane crossover thing. Um, will it actually come together? I don't know, but I think it'll be fun to watch either way, you know, mm-hmm. in like even a, a train wreck kind of way. Um, and I think yeah. it'll at least be better than that. Yeah. And, and well, like, I have a higher budget than that anyway. <laughs> I, I think, I think that's where I would be disappointed if it's like, I'm watching it for the train wreck. Cause it, it feels like a lot of buildup. This is going to be the next big, important MCU movie. And if that's what it's going to be, I'm going to be bummed by that. I, I finally yeah. saw um, Shang-Chi. Um, oh, I got to watch that. <laughs> it was it was pretty good. It, yeah. was, it wasn't amazing. I thought it was okay. Fine, um, yeah. And I, I, I kind of don't want this to be that. I want it to be like really solid and really good and fun. Yeah. Um, See, I don't, I just don't know, man. I think there, Marvel has been under a lot more scrutiny uh, on the way they film this stuff mm. lately and the way it gets written. Um, there was a, a tweet going around that like uh, some of the people on set said that 
it may have even been Tom Holland. They would be like, so how are we going to end this thing? And the director was like, I don't even know. That's right. They're like, like uh, script changes like yeah, all the way through. <laughs> like that's not good. Yeah. And that, that, that could, that could, you know, be an indication of like, you know, actor contracts, you know, maybe they were doing that because Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, you know, maybe they signed on and everything worked out or maybe they didn't. Mm. they didn't know what villains they were going to be able to use. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that stuff happens, right? Like, I don't know. It's, it's like, it's really hard to, for me anyway, to like, look at um, three minutes of footage and, and try to like render a verdict about how a two plus hour movie is going to come out as a result, mm-hmm. you know? Um, oh, what are you, did you, are you from a different dimension? Uh, that's what we've been doing this whole time. Yeah, but I, I mean, my, my point is I don't think that that ever really, like, amounts to anything, you know? Because, like, I, I think, like, the, the the best example of that for me anyway is, like, have you have you watched the, the trailer for Zack Snyder's Man of Steel? It's great. I don't like that movie, though, you know? Um, so it's, like, I don't know. Like, I I don't think that uh, it's it's... I, this simultaneously shows t- more than I'd like to have seen and not enough to like for me to have an idea of if it's going to really like come together or not, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think I think even if it doesn't totally land the plane, I feel like that there's going to be fun to be had at the very least from the performances of like Willem Dafoe and, and Alfred Molina who are fantastic in those roles. And like, you know, I I feel like they're going to have fun in them and being back in those those roles. So I'm excited for that as well. You know, like I know Willem Dafoe, like he brings like such a weirdly like um, oh, I, sexual gravitas. Sure. I mean, definitely. <laughs> but like, I don't know, like the, the way he plays the goblin is so big and dramatic and wacky yeah. and like yeah. he really gets into the you know the role in a way that i feel like is so much fun um and i'm i'm excited for the very least to to have those two back uh in the saddle and kind of see what i'm more excited for them than i am to see like toby you know come back as spider-man um so i don't know like we'll see i i still feel like i have a lot of uh, there's a lot working in the right direction for me, I think, for me to, like, enjoy it, even if it's not perfect, you know? Um, but I don't know. I think it'll be hype at the very least. <laughs> um, Kale, can you go to 45 seconds and, like, pause it at 45 seconds? Uh, it, you'll see, like, when the, the Black Spider-Man comes up. Yeah, right there. Okay, so this is not. So you guys are saying this is not Tobey Maguire. This is potentially Tom Holland. That's what Kale said. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel like this is a different Spider-Man. I mean, yeah. Given given an editing trick, I, I yeah, that makes sure. sense. But mm. I don't know. I I don't particularly think they'll show uh, the other Spider-Man in other outfits. Well, my my thing is, I don't know that this, like, this could be an edit to make it black suit. Because if you look at this, there's, like, the silver kind of stuff. And you said that looks like Stark Tech to you. 
could also be mm. the Raimi suit with that raised webbing, and it's and it's like a, a retooling of it. Um, he's he's got the that great big fucking gauntlet thing though. But on the, I also on the right arm there. I wanted to bring this up. Um, and yeah, you're right about that, and we see that come into play when he does the magic. But like, yep. that's I don't weird. Know what, yeah, I don't know what that's about. Right? This is Peter. Is the MCU Peter going to learn? How to do magic or something? I don't know. That seems weird. Um, I raised this theory a long time ago, uh, and I wonder if maybe there was some truth to it with the idea that, like, rather than this being Toby from specifically the Raimi-verse movies that we saw in, you know, 2000 um, and on, but that it's a different, like, it's a alternate version of that universe so like it's still melina it's still you know um maybe just a little further down the line or in a in an alternate reality where they they haven't died yet right because it can't be the spider-man we know from the raimi verse and all those characters because they're dead so unless they're getting pulled out sure um but unless they're getting pulled out in the middle of the conflict in mm. Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2. Um, yeah. Well, it certainly won't be that because Doc Ock has a shirt. And everybody knows if you have a little bit of a belly in the MCU, you're not sexy. And if there's one thing we can say about Alfred Molina, he's one sexy-ass mofo. Hello, Peter. Um, <laughs> Hello, Peter. So, I mean, that, that's the something that could be the case, too, right? Where it's them in a, an alternate timeline where you know, they die later, something like that. I don't know. But this could be a different version of that Spider-Man deeper down that timeline. Yeah, yeah. Where he's dealt with all these guys already, you know? The, um... So the villains here are... Why don't we start it back from the beginning and go through and we can call them out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we got... Obviously, we have... Doc Ock. So the Squid, Green Goblin. There's the Electro. Goblin. Sandman's in there for sure. Lizard we see as well. See the Lizard? Yes. The lizard. Good for him. Um, I'll call him out. He's in the fight. The fight. Where's the fight? Just let it keep going because we'll we'll get there in a second. Oh, Can't there's the, the, the biggest villain of them all, the Q-Train. <laughs> <laughs> well done. You can also do the thing with, uh, I think it's the period button where you can blade through like scene by scene if we get to that part and we want to slow things. So here's obviously Goblin. Yeah, right. The Goblin. Uh, he gets a couple lines. So Hello, it's, Peter. It's, it's me, the Goblin. Very, very clearly uh, Defoe's it's, Goblin. There's, there's the octopus. Willem Defoe, your best friend, the Goblin. Here's my friend, the octopus, going to throw a train at you. I can't believe how young he looks. CGI, baby. It's getting better, man. That de-aging shit is getting better. Not a good thing. <laughs> Deep fakes. Oh, that... You know what? Oh, there's Electro. Uh, so here we go. Yeah, there's Electro. And during this next... Sorry. This... Uh, where is it? That thing. What did yeah. you see that? It's the uh, Captain the- America shield over the Statue of Liberty. Oh, that's right. I did see Okay, never mind. I was thinking that would have been like another version of what Doc Ock was trying to build in. Um, oh, the star Spider-Man thing. Two. Yeah. Yeah. 
never mind. Okay, so You're here right. I remember seeing that. So here's obviously this is the Sandman tornado. There's Sandman again. And get ready. You see Kurt like right on Cobain. the side. Cobain. <laughs> yes. The old, most ambitious Alter- crossover. Alternate dimension, baby. <laughs> so yeah, he's yeah, it's further than I thought. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice Aunt May doing that action movie run until that one minute. Okay, it so here's Electro. Like, uh, it looked like Anna Kendrick. Or no, not Anna yeah, Kendrick. That's what I was going to say, Anna Kendrick, yeah. No. It did. It looked like Anna Kendrick. Hey, Peter, it's me. Here's my son. Okay, the where's young the... goblin. Oh, wait. Yeah, wait there he is, right there. Right there. Oh, yeah. On oh, the right. What is, who's that, the reptile? Yeah, that's the lizard. The reptile. This nice. is my friend, the reptile. Dr. Wait. Kurt Connors, the lizard. Okay, can, is, you go, can you go back like... The Sandmeister. <laughs> can you go back like three frames? I doubt it. If you use the uh, comma, I think you can. It's the comma? Okay. Yeah, I think the comma lets you blade backward. Yeah, there you go. Right? So there's Lizard, there's Electro, and there's Sandman. Nice. Okay, can you go to like the big explosion thing? Because I'm curious if that's, to Pete's point, the sun, like the other sun what situation. What are you talking about? It, it, it like it just it, it, there's an explosion um i think like it's the, just electro's powers or the or a pumpkin bomb maybe oh yeah. is it yeah hmm. click back there somewhere around there yeah you can yeah. see the statue literally like explode for a second oh no that's that thing that i was bringing up that was um captain america's shield, shield. they put yeah they put his shield i guess on the statue of liberty because he's such a great guy should be coming up. There, there. That thing. That was magic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, we've seen that already. Yeah, that was. A, it was. It looked like Doctor Strange ruins. Uh-huh. Mm. Doctor Strange ruins everything. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Incredible. Uh, oh, no, the Statue of Liberty. Oh, and there goes Mary Jane. It's a character falling. You yeah. guys, uh, you guys like uh, Doctor Strange in in these films, don't you? Yeah, he's good. Yeah, I like him. Do, do anything for you in this trailer. Again, I like I, trailers. I don't don't do anything for me in that way, you know. Like, All right, I yeah, we've heard you to answer the question. <laughs> like, I mean, fuck. that's that's my thing. Is like I just like what from the like two or three times he talks. Like no, yeah, yeah I don't know, no. Like he's got a significant amount of lines here. Like, I'm just saying, like it, for me, like uh, when I watch a trailer like this, it's it's more like for it's the things, it's the beats of it. Like yeah. it's it's hard for me to comment on like the things he says and like these tiny little you know what i mean like i don't feel like yeah yeah. i can get a read on someone's acting performance in a trailer because of the way that they're edited and and i mean like he's been pretty consistent so i don't i I feel like i'm not worried shitty damn i like him uh so is this is this gonna be similar to um uh like venom in that it's a Sony film or is the, is this a Sony presentation or is this a Sony Marvel presentation? No, it's a Sony Marvel. It's still in the same way that the last two Spider-Man were produced mm-hmm. where Disney made okay. this movie and Sony's got, it, uh, got a, they have a like name a, on it. Yeah. And they like, they distribute or whatever the fuck the deal right. is. Okay. But, yeah. um, but yeah, so th- I think this is the last one that they're currently contracted for. And then we'll see yeah. what happens from there. But I guess something I'm interested in is, so we were talking about the villains, right? Like, so it's Doc Ock, 
it's Green Goblin, it's Sandman, it's Electro, it's the Lizard. Who's the sixth is the question, I guess, right? Is it going to be, you know, um, oh, it, is it going to be it mis- supposed to be Vulture? I could be, but I mean, that's we've seen Vulture now in the Sony-verse stuff, but we oh, haven't yeah, seen him yeah, in any yeah. of this. He's in jail in the MCU. Mm. He could get out, uh, but it could also be, you know, um, maybe like uh, Mysterio as well. Like uh, we talked about that. Like maybe he's not really dead. Yeah, and he's a huge catalyst uh, for multiversal bullshit uh, from uh, Spider Man. And this is uh, Spider Man where we first see six one six Peter and and Miles Morales. Uh, work together and i mean he orchestrated the whole you know unveiling of peter's identity and all that stuff so it's super possible that he's the sixth and the reason we're not showing him is that they don't want to spoil the fact that he you know somehow survived and you know um faked his death maybe it was all an illusion um would make sense I'm, i'm still convinced that at some point um uh, what's what's his face? Kang is gonna make an appearance. I think in like a post credit scene because this is the first post movie uh, coming out of Loki. Um, and <laughs> it's weird. Uh, I don't know that they're related. Like well, the alternate yeah. universe sort yort- of situation. Yeah, like, for I, sure. So I th- I think like that's gonna somehow tie into like an after credit scene. I don't think it's gonna he's gonna be here in the film, but I think there's a continuation of narrative there in terms of expanding the multiverse and that kind of stuff. For sure. I think might be. And like, that's clearly what they're trying to do. Yeah. You're definitely right about that. I think the thing that's weird for me though, is like this and, and what Wanda's doing and, and like where Dr. Strange is going all feels like, okay, so this is magic fucking with the multiverse, but with the Loki stuff, like that's like, it's more about timelines and branching and mm. like there's obviously crossover, but I guess I'm wondering to what extent. Yeah. Yeah. And is well, this yeah, going to be where that is revealed? Sure. Yeah. Or, or in Dr. Strange. Right. Um, but like, you know, it's long been established in uh, Thor that, you know, magic to us, normal people is, science to you know people like loki and you know uh, gods and things so i feel like they've kind of gotten away from that though too like because like i feel like that that felt very much the explanation in thor but with where we're at now with magic in the mcu and we're like seeing more and more magic magic stuff right like Wanda and and what happened in WandaVision with Agatha like it was like very traditional magic you know now and, Ag- the Agatha show now yeah and like the idea that you can you know the only way she can get a show is through magic you're absolutely right <laughs> that Disney magic uh yeah I don't know the, like the the idea that um that that makes sense when it comes to like the technology of Asgard and, and that kind of stuff. Like those are things that would seem like magic to people, but they're actually just science. Whereas Mm -hmm. like some of this stuff is actually magic and like is following the rules of magic. And that was like a big thing. Agatha was kind of talking about. And I feel like trying to establish in that, you know, conversation with Wanda was this idea that like, 
you know, there are rules to magic and you can learn them. And I don't know, like, it's interesting. I feel like, I feel like they've kind of changed their tune on that a little bit, but I don't know. Maybe they'll, maybe we'll find that they all start converging again. But I definitely yeah. think you're right, Marco, that like, that's, that's where we're going from here. I feel mm-hmm. like the focus of this, you know, um, phase is very much going to be about cementing the idea of the multiverse and how parallel timelines factor into, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Not to get conspiracy theorists on on this whole thing, but I'm pretty sure there's a screen cap in... Uh, Oh my god! <laughs> uh, Not to get all conspiracy in, um, theory, Peter Parker's the devil. <laughs> Look at that mustache. Uh, a screen cap of this exact quality of this exact like stature of a beat up Peter Parker in the you know the Spider Man suit doing this exact pose and face in the Amazing Spider Man. I think this is an Andrew Garfield Call face out. and pose. Oh, interesting. You know what? It's funny. I saw somebody tweet about that, about how the scene with MJ falling mirrors the one with Gwen a lot. Mm-hmm. So maybe, yeah, maybe it's like a flashback. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, let's close the fucking book on this. Ooh, we pause it, pause it, pause it right oh, there, right there, right there, right there, right there. Look, they got little sparks flying. <laughs> what's what's worse is it for us i don't know if the, the oh it's a viewer will be able to see this <laughs> no the viewer says, can see it <laughs> and it, it showed up when i did that and i went oh no what have i done <laughs> don't worry we're all good anyway let's uh let's land this fucking junk ass of a plane uh are you gonna watch the trailer for no way home are you watching trailers uh let us know tell us what you think what are you excited about are you excited for alfred molina are you excited for william defoe are you excited for jamie fox everybody knows toby mcguire and andrew garfield are not going to be in this film so don't tell us about that because it's not going to happen don't bother but you can write to us in all of the ways uh facebook twitter instagram uh, at the comics pals, or you can uh, speak with us at the comics pals at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, uh, if you want to f- interact with us in any other way, you can find our link uh, to discord in our social medias. We have a ton of fun there. Uh, sometimes we stream. We, uh, a couple of us played among us the other night. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but whatever you do, go to YouTube Hit like, leave us a comment, subscribe. We need those 500 subscribers. Sean will never recover if we don't get it by Christmas. Sean said that he will not come back to the show. He's going to just stay in California. So he's going to go join the West Coast Avengers. Uh, if oh, you don't, if you don't what, do it. What a terror that would be. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you listen to our review shows that come out during the week. Our image reviews come out alongside their releases on Wednesday because Image provides us with uh, review copies of their titles. So huge thank you for that. This week we'll be covering Gunslinger Spawn number two and Radiant Black number 10. And on Thursdays, we review whatever the hottest titles of the week are from every other publisher if we can get a hold of them. Because don't forget, 
We're going through a worldwide paper shortage. Uh, finally, don't forget to check out our book club episode this month, Neo Gaiman's Eternals. And then the next one uh, will be uh, Spider-Verse, the book that inspired it all uh, from Dan Slott and a million other people. And that's uh, the the last, well, it's the last Tuesday of every month. Actually, it's going to be the last day, the 30th. So stay tuned. Next there week. We go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Next, next, next week. Yeah. Next week. Next Tuesday. Well, as the, this show coming out. Oh. To the listener next yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah right. us, like, I was thinking that would be December. Whoops. So we still have one more for the year. Yes. Any idea what that is? Uh, it's supposed to be Scott Pogram. Um, we have to figure out which books specifically. We'll make a post about it. So it probably won't be. All right. It would help an absolute ton if you're listening on Apple Podcasts to leave us a review, tell your friends, and share the show. It's a busted-ass system, but it's the one we got, and we need you. you. Let's do those dang plugs. Pete. Thank you guys for joining us here on another episode of the Comics Pals. If you want to connect with me, I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, come chat with me about your uh, cool. expectations for Spider-Man. Um, it's been a it's been a long time coming. This one, so let's see. Let's see. Let's see. How excited are you? Let me know. Um, but yeah, you can also get some more stuff from me. Uh, my band, Long Friend, Time Friend. Uh, guess what? We have new T-shirts coming. So Hell eyes up yeah. on those. They're oh, sick. Um, spoiler alert. They're very cool. I fucking missed your Elmo one, and I've been devastated. I might <laughs> have so bad. I might have one extra left lying around somewhere, so I, I can. Ooh, if I have one, know. I will send it to you. Let me know. Um, but yeah, so go check that out. Where wherever you get your music, we we exist. Um, if you like noisy punk rock, uh, you can go find us. We're pretty good. And then uh, head over to flipscreen.games uh, for links to the video game podcast that I do. Go check it out, Marco. You can follow me on Instagram at Twitter at Mr. Marco Enomoto. Um, talk to me about the Star Wars Higher Public books. They've been it's been pretty good. The one put out by Marvel, not by IDW, uh, and what else? And Aminés. Just tell me all about the Aminés, all Amine. the Aminés, and all the mangas. I am mangas. Blue period right now. Oh I wait, caught up uh, with that on Netflix. Okay. Because uh, is it good? Really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. It's an uh, it's about art and what it okay. takes to be an artist and how it, I I think it's a it's kind of a shonen anime but with art like traditional art painting and charcoal and canvas and shit. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. In kind of in line with that, I've been watching uh, "Don't Toy with Me, Miss Nagatoro," um, and it's about a kid who's in the art club but this uh his friend like slash rival uh it's a first year girl and tries to make him uncomfortable sexually and that's the whole premise of the show oh boy it'll be it's a, great a long long running series huh yeah, yeah. Shonen. so it's a good shonen 11 volumes jesus christ man mm-hmm. and you you complain that superhero comics have run out of ideas. Okay, 11 <laughs> volumes of that shit. I mean, if it's 11 volumes, it ain't shit. <laughs> it's something. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto Into. That's T O T O I N T O W. You can find my work at Kaleward.com. That's C A L E W A R D.com. I don't know if you guys um, have heard of this. I have been super into a uh, uh, 
uh, little-known mystery author, uh, Agatha Christie. Um, I just saw uh, a Murder on the Orient Express for the first time, and um, I think I might be obsessed with Poirot. Uh, so, I don't know. That's where my life is. All right, cool. <laughs> Want to talk to Kale about Agatha Christie? <laughs> uh, there's a great, a great um, uh, sort of taster documentary on her life and like her, I think it's like her 10 most famous books. And um, I have to, have to read every single one of them. Um, it's very good. It's like 100 years of Agatha Christie or something. Um, cool. Very good. Yeah. Never heard of this person. Uh yeah she i think outside of like arthur conan doyle who made um sherlock holmes and maybe like edgar Allan poe hmm. like invented every mystery trope that happens in anything <laughs> in every mystery story okay. yeah yeah so like knives out is like 98 percent agatha christie interesting okay and so, with that, we're the Comics Pals. See you Take next care. week. <laughs> Catch you next time. The Agatha on... Christie Pals. <laughs> Dude, don't fucking Poirot buddies. Poirot buddies.